Let's Get Haunted with your host, Matt Strong and Allie. Welcome back, guys, to episode. Uh, uh, fuck, what episode is this? <laughs> 87, I think? If you're watching this and you're like, are they stoned? Why are they wearing sunglasses and suits? And Natalia didn't even have the microphone in the beginning. <laughs> um, first of all, we're not yes. stoned. Oh, no, we're not. No, we're not. We're and not. Second of all, uh, it's because we're the men in black, guys. Yes. Welcome to our first official episode of spooky season spooky season we're going hard all season hard in the paint we we do not take this lightly no this is like a national holiday slash month for us that is that is true and accurate yeah and this is our culture and don't disrespect our culture that's right actually why are you even asking us why we're dressed like this that's rather offensive and to my you, paranormal culture and if you don't know who the men in black are uh what's that thing on twitter where you don't have to explain stuff to people who don't understand your culture i feel like it's just there's no time to explain we right. should be our own meme by this point yeah well, Natalia. Yeah. How are, how are you today? How long are we going to do the show in sunglasses? You know, everything's really dark. It's hard for me to see. I'm wondering, like, do I look better because most of my face is hidden? Oh, perhaps. Perhaps. You guys, comment if you think we look like sexy Victoria's Secret models. <laughs> I have my personal haunting. So Tell me. As everyone knows, I if you've been listening to this podcast, I have not been able to take my ADHD medication since I got pregnant mm -hmm. because I don't trust it because it's a stimulant. And I like, you know, all the bad stuff they say about Vyvanse and Adderall. Right. Like, there's got like, even if it's not true, like half of the people are like, no, it's just addicts that abuse it. And then half of the people are like, it permanently messes you up. And yeah. it's like meth and whatever. And then and then the other half that the other <laughs> third is like, no, you you're you need this or whatever. And so there's just so many opinions on it. And when I got pregnant, I was like, you know what? I'm not fucking with this. Right. Like, like I, I don't, don't. Yeah. I don't want to skip. If there's like a two. I'm because I'm kind of the same way yeah. as you. Like if there's a two percent chance that this shit's going to fuck me up. Right. Probably won't. If it was it. me, who cares? Yeah. I'll do meth if it makes me better <laughs> at this podcast. But now I have a baby and I don't want the baby to do meth. You know? Right. So I haven't been taking it. It. Let me tell you, it makes a huge difference in my life when I don't take it. I'm like unmotivated. I'm overwhelmed by everything. Simple tasks like can sometimes like move me into tears because I'm just like, how am I going to finish this all? It's not great. So I have been very excited to get back on it. And I'm almost done breastfeeding. So I'm like ready to get back on it. Right. Right. So I call my doctor and I'm like, hey, like you haven't heard from me in a year. Because I had a fucking baby. I had a fucking baby. Yeah. But I'm ready to get back on my scheduled medication. And they're like, OK, we'll give you the first available phone appointment. Not even a real appointment. It's not until November 30th. Yep. That we yep. recorded some of these in advance. That's three months from today basically bullshit it's such bullshit and so then i was talking to the lady on the phone and like people who work in customer service in la not all of them are just fucking why do they take that job if they hate people? yeah and so she, i ask her i'm like hey that's literally three months from today like is there anything you know sooner and she was just like the doctor told me that you just give you the first available phone appointment. And I was like, yeah, I mean, it's a scheduled medication. I'd like to get back on it because I need to go to work. And it's like literally all she has to do is call in to the pharmacy. Right. We don't even need an appointment. But if you have a scheduled medication in California, I don't know if it's this at other places, you have to go into the doctor's office every single month to get the prescription. Yeah, it's like a handwritten 
Yeah. yeah, because we have, I don't know why, maybe this isn't true, but in my mind, it's because we have like so many people who abuse it. Yeah. So I'm on a scheduled medication. It's not for ADHD. It's for anxiety when I fly. Yeah. And I, my doctor retired recently and I am having a bitch of a time getting anyone to prescribe it to me. Yeah. And like, you know, you explain and you're like, this is what the issue is. Right. And they're still, it's like, they're like, really? Is it really? I'm like, do you think that I just want the lowest wow. possible dose right. of of a of the generic version of Xanax. It, I, it's just so I don't want to jump out of the plane. You know what I mean. <laughs> Meanwhile, though, like you're trying to say, like, oh, I'm like an upstanding individual. I deserve my uh, my prescription. But yeah. we're like dressed as the men in black, <laughs> talking on a paranormal <laughs> podcast on YouTube. If, like oh, I'm like, give me my meth, and you're like, give me my Xanax. <laughs> We're normal. We're we normal, okay? Give me my uppers. Give me my downers. I'm going to jump out of this fucking plane. I went I went to Vegas recently. I guess this, the point is I feel you're paid because I still haven't been able to get my prescription yet. So oh, I God. went to Vegas over the weekend and I was like, okay, do I fly? No, right. because I'm literally going to be freaking everyone out on this yeah. plane. They're going to be like, is she hijacking us? Yeah. Like, <laughs> I'm just like shaking and having sweating. a heart attack. Like, yes, yeah, sweating more than usual. Like trying, like looking around, like, <laughs> is the plane going down? Like, <laughs> No. I know. And so then, anyway, I had to drive is my point. And I'm like, all because. Because this stupid rule. Yes. Is it like that in other states or is it just California? I don't know. It I could be like a federal it's... thing. Because there's an opiate, opioid, opioid addiction problem right. where like people are actively dying. And I get yeah. that. That's like a very sad thing. But yeah. it creates this issue where like you need you have a problem and you need your meds. Right. I have a problem. and I need my meds. And it's a whole fucking to do yeah, to go. And, and you guys, it's not like a normal like I. OK, so I grew up in Oklahoma, lived in Texas for a while. You go to the doctor, you drive to the doctor, you park, you write your name on that on a little fucking thing. You see the doctor. Hey, what's up? How's it going? How was baseball? Great. No, no. Okay, see you later. Bye. Don't see that bitch for another two years. Yeah. You know, and and that's fine. And it, and it took like thirty minutes out of your day. Now, right. when you go to the when, or at least mine, because I have the state medication, the medical, which sucks. If I go to my like designated doctor, I'm supposed to go to. Here's how it goes: it takes forty five minutes to get there. There's no parking. Have to go pay for parking mm -hmm. in another building somewhere else. By the time I get to the doctor's office, there's a line, like literally like a hundred people. No, not a hundred. I'm not going to lie. There's like five people, but it takes <laughs> the amount of time it takes for the five people to get through the line. It might as well be a hundred yeah, people. Yeah. Yeah. And everyone's sad. No one wants to be there. It's just <sighs> I'm like, getting wound and up. now, and now it's not even, it's not even going to the doctor. Right. I'm not even going to have face to face time. I'm the, my doctor's going to call me and be like, Hey, are you a piece of shit? No. <laughs> All right. Here's your prescription. Give me, I don't care. Yeah. Give me $50 for our 15 minute video right. conversation. And now here's your prescription. Yeah. yeah. And it's just. It's uh, stupid as I'm fuck. so frustrated because. I'm sorry you're going through that. That's a fucking bummer. I just want. I just want to like have a day where like I finish all the things I need to do and right. not get distracted and like overwhelmed. Yeah. And is that so much to ask? Yeah. Apparently, <laughs> with U.S. healthcare, it is so much to ask. Right, right. But that's the personal haunting for me this week. Beautiful. I'm mad. So yeah. Anyways, maybe in a few months from now, you guys will really see a difference in my personality because you'll be like, "Oh, she got her meth." Okay, great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm chugging green tea. 
today. Lovely. So I'm I'm feeling very amped and sweaty right now, oh, and nice. hopefully it will come through. Should we take our sunglasses off at one point or no? I kind of like like the you know light. what? Maybe after. How about this? After we finish the intro. Okay. Now I. I just realized we didn't even talk about that beautiful video intro that we oh. played for you guys. Oh, yeah. That, that was... is courtesy of Philip Maletsko, and he is a listener. He made that intro video for us as a piece of fan art, and I, I fucking love it. It's so great. I was so mesmerized. Like, it's like being, it's like being on a Disney ride. You yeah. You where you're just like, whoa, what am I looking at? Oh, right. I'm looking at Yeah, the little cart's turning wow. you left and right. Yeah, and I was so distracted that I was literally like, <laughs> welcome back to let's get hot and like right. I, my mic was not even where i am i right. had to like swing it i don't know if that'll be on camera or not but that's what was happening oh we should also explain if you are listening on an audio only platform guess mm -hmm. what you can go to youtube.com forward slash yeah. c forward slash let's get haunted to watch all of the video version of our episodes in the spooky month of october yes beautiful and leave a comment for the algorithm do it if you're in the comments right give natalia her math <laughs> yeah yeah if you've made it this far in the intro because i know some of you guys skip the intro mm -hmm. which is fine you know everyone's got That's their good. own persuasion 24 hours in a day yeah spend it how you want spend it how you want you don't have the extra 15 minutes all right <laughs> i have that time but if you don't that's fine um if you made it this far leave a comment saying give natalia her meth yeah um now switching gears a little bit from meth to lupus oh, okay. i would like to shout out the people who have donated yeah. to our lupus foundation of america charity fundraiser that we have been conducting yeah. in 2021 we met our goal yeah can you fucking believe it we, i can believe it we met our, our i finally donated goal. to it yeah you did and it was <laughs> fuck yeah thank you natalia yeah so let me just go ahead and read off the names of the people who have donated we have elena b ali t amanda g amber o anonymous 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 ashley r who Ashley R runs uh, so many fucking good Twitter accounts. Hi, Ashley. Uh, <laughs> Caroline H, Femi H, Hal B, Hannah G, Jacob O, Jesse H, Kelsey with two L's, Leslie N, Maria O, Natalia S, Lovely. Paige K, Patricia Militia, wow. which is just a fun time. Militia. Robin Hood, Sabrina P, Sean H, and Zach M. Thank you, Thank everyone. Thank you so much, guys. Thank you. Yeah. You've helped us meet our goal. We, in fact, surpassed our goal. Our goal was to raise $1,000 for the Lupus Foundation of America. Mm -hmm. And we raised, drum roll. <laughs> Saddest drum roll. $1,000. There we go. Thank you, Kayla. Thank you, Kayla. $1,155. Wow. Thank you guys so much. Yeah. And if you want to donate, you still can, right? Yes. You can also go to bit.ly forward slash lgh charity 21 also if you donate over a hundred dollars you get a t-shirt and i got a t-shirt that i put it as big as they could go it was like 5xl and i'm gonna wear it like a big shirt with biker shorts hell and yeah if you want to be cool you can do the same that's right and yeah. guess what else you can do it's tax deductible because it's a, a legitimate charity. Right. So make sure you print that out because the government robs us. Yeah. <laughs> and also, I would like to say that if you don't have money to donate, that's totally fine. Mm -hmm. If you still want to participate, you can go to that same link I provided and you can actually join our team. It's a virtual walk mm. to raise awareness uh, about lupus. There's only one FDA approved drug 
for lupus, which is fucking insane and terrible. There should be way more. So you can join and walk and you can make your own little team and you don't even have to donate. And Natalia and I are going to walk 10 miles in October, oh, which is but this really, month. But really, we're actually watching walking 10 miles, right? Yeah, it's we are. It's not virtual. Like I oh, physically oh, no. will walk 10 miles? Yes. What I mean by virtual is uh, so you you have to walk it in real life. Oh. But you can walk wherever you are. You don't have to right. like fly to LA and like start at the pier and right. like walk 10 miles with a bunch of people. You could also just donate money and not walk. That's true. That's true. There's, there's no not... walk police, guys. That's actually, that's, well, maybe, I don't know. The men in black that's are true. all knowing and all we're seeing. Actually, we're, I take that back. We're going to show up at your computer. We're going <laughs> to show up at your computer and we're going to be like, well, you better start walking right now. That's right. We've got some splaining. We're going to show up in your dreams mm-hmm. with the smiling man. You know what's one thing I wish I would have done with the men in black outfit is I wanted to wear red lipstick, but I didn't have any. Because remember how they said like one of them was wearing wet red lipstick? Yes, I do remember that. If you guys don't know what we're talking about, go back, listen to episode 19, Mm -hmm. the men in black. It's two hours long and it's a wild roller coaster of a town time. (laughs) Of a town. (laughs) Of a town. (laughs) Um, Also... I got to shout out our donors. Yes. So these are people who donated to our podcast this month. Oh, wow. We have Melissa E. Wow. Rebecca H. Okay. Abby M. Alyssa S. Mariah and John. Amber O. Alicia C. Sophie F. Samantha C. Thank you all so much. And I got to give a special fucking shout out to Amber O. Yeah. Today, she donated... Enough money to cover part of October's recording costs. What? So Amber, oh yes. Amber so I o. will be sending you half of that, Natalia. Amber O. Later today. I am taking my glasses off and I'm staring into the camera. You can do the same at the same time, so we can connect. Because you, first of all, let me say, Amber O. Why are you doing this? <laughs> It's so I nice. fucking appreciate it so it's much, so Amber. Nice. So nice. Yeah. It's like literally going to make such a huge difference. I can't believe that. And she sent a very nice private message. I don't know if she wanted me to say it publicly or not, so I'll just show it to you off camera okay. um, when this episode's done. But Amber, really, really appreciate yeah. you continuing to help us make this podcast. And I'm just going to go ahead and say that Amber O, and maybe in post, I'll have like a rainbow that says the more you know, and it's Amber O. Um she's the producer of this episode because she's fucking funding it amber yeah oh my god i know i hope that you like this episode amber i hope it's not dog shit um because you're a producer and now your name's tied to this forever let's (laughs) let's dedicate against your will at the beginning of this will be like produced by amber O. yeah absolutely she's like guys i'm just trying to have a normal job this is like a very embarrassing Like just hobby of mine, and right. you guys have exposed me. And you're outing me, me yeah. as like uh, a weirdo. I support a lady that's on meth and another <laughs> lady that's on Xanax, um, dressed as the Men in Black. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Thanks, Amber. Thank you, Amber. Thank you to dreams. all our donors as well. If you would like to donate to us, big or small, it can be sixty nine cents. Mm-hmm. It can be a hundred plus dollars. It could be four twenty six six six. Yeah. What are some other fun numbers? Uh, eight zero zero eight five. <laughs> Do you know what that spells? It spells boobs. Yeah. Or eight zero zero eight one three five. Boobies. 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 If you'd like to donate some boobies to us, feel free to do so by It'd be Venmoing like eight thousand dollars. <laughs> if you want to no, donate eight thousand. 
<laughs> 80,000. I'm sorry. I keep spinning. 15. I need to get or my something. salivary glands under control. Someone, someone, I can't think right now. Yeah. It's a lot. It's, it's a lot. Or many of you'd like to donate it. Venmo at DogMomUSA <laughs> or at NatStron. Mm-hmm. Go to letsgethaunted.com and donate to our Kofi account by yep. clicking on the giant donate button on screen. Yeah. Or if PayPal you- Nat. Yeah, and if you want to produce an episode, b- donate some money. Maybe you'll get a production maybe, yeah. credit. Maybe, uh, maybe if you pick the right number, yeah, you get to be a producer. Yeah, of an episode. Wow! Wow! We just keep going for the next two hours, and that's all this Whoa. episode is. Whoa! And it just has Amber O over and over <laughs> again. Okay, all right. What's this episode? <laughs> I'm fully amped. All right, I'm amped. Take us. Hold on. Buckle up. I'm yes. buckled up. Buckle up. Yes. Buckle up. I'm ready. Okay. Are you ready to go down this roller coaster? I'm ready. What is Are you safely be? all hands and arms inside the cabin at all hands, times? Hands are glued to my side. Arms are attached to my hands. <laughs> We're good. Okay. <laughs> okay. Here we go. Okay. Three, two, two, one. Blast off. Natalia. Yes. That's my name. It is officially spooky season. Without thinking. So without thinking, don't use your brain. Without uh, thinking, without thinking, I want you to four. Qu- quickly. <laughs> what? What is it? I'm trying not to think. Go fast. <laughs> quickly tell me three things that come to mind when you think of Halloween. Go. Orange, uh, jack-o'-lantern, uh, candy corn. Those are all true things. Good job. Oh. You didn't say anything I was thinking you would say. Oh, but no. But it's well, okay. Well, you said not to think. No, and that's. What else could I have expected? Okay, I wait, couldn't have known. Me, okay, I couldn't have known. Let me say thinking now. Okay, now thinking, name three now things. Now thinking, name three things. Witches, um, ghosts, vampires. Fuck yeah. Okay. Were those three, were those things I was supposed to think of? You got two out of the three. Oh, yeah. Okay, there we so, go. So when I think of Halloween, because I've had the benefit of not having someone shout in my face. Right. And then Santa <laughs> that was fun, though. I liked yeah, it. Yeah, okay, good. When I think of Halloween, I picture black cats. Oh, oh yeah, like like the screechy guy. Yeah, like, like he's rounded. Right, the tails up. Uh, yes, yes. Pumpkins, which you said. Yes. Magical spells. Oh. Dark forests. Oh. Crumbling castles with trap doors. No, you don't think of stuff. <laughs> you don't. I'm gonna call bullshit right now. Cursed potions that poison the mind. Oh. Dancing skeletons. Zombies. She got the thesaurus out. Ghosts. <laughs> and of course, witches and werewolves. Oh. Now. All of those things. That's right. All of those things embody Halloween. Yes, they do. Now, if any of those things I just listed off are also on your list of Halloween themed thoughts, then you're in luck. Because I was like, where is she going? <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> your, oh, your. Your list of Halloween themed thoughts then you're in luck because mm-hmm. the story I am about to tell you today contains quite a few of oh, those things. Yes. A crumbling yes. castle a trap door. A crumbling trapdoor castle. Oh. I'm not telling you which of those things are in my story. I'm okay. just saying if those come to mind, you're in luck because some of them are in my story. It sounds like I want to eat it. Like a crumbling like a castle trapdoor. Like right. It sounds like an exotic. A, a trapdoor made of bread. Yeah. It's toast. Yeah. And it's Hansel crumbling. And yes. Agreed. So if you want to eat a trapdoor, you're in luck because <laughs> today we are talking about one of the most haunted castles in the world. No. Mosham Castle. Where is that? Well, I'm so glad you asked. But before I answer your question, I have to just say I researched this topic 
for a while. And I heard like seven different pronunciations of how to pronounce the name of this castle. Uh-huh. It's somebody's last name. Is so it it's Turkish? N- what is it? So it is the last name of a family that lived in Austria. Oh. So it could be German. It could be Austrian German. I'm not really sure. It could be Swiss. Right. Um, but I he- I've heard it pronounced Mushem, mm. Mosham, mm. uh, Mosem, mm. and Musem. I like Musem. Yeah. Let's do Musem. Why not? Musem Castle. Now, you asked me where it is, Natalia, and I already answered, but let's pretend I didn't. Right. Where is it? Okay. Musum Castle is a medieval spur castle located in the mountainous forested countryside of Unternberg, Austria. You know that I love medieval stuff right now. Yes. I'm very yes. excited. Natalia is obsessed, and her past episode on a haunted medieval castle inspired me to take on this topic. Oh, Warguard. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Warguard slot. That's right. So now you may be asking yourself, as I just read that sentence to you, Hey, Allie, what the fuck is a spur castle? Right. What is it? I know what a spur is. goes on your boot. Or it's also like, uh, in this moment, I have an idea. Like spur Spur of of the the moment. moment. Right? Mm Mm-hmm. So if I were using my context clues, maybe I would think it's like the end of something, like a sharp point. You know what? You're pretty close. What's a spur castle? Is it like on the end of an island or something? Oh, you're so close. The term spur castle refers to the fact that it was built on a mountain for defensive purposes, protected on three out of the four sides by steep hills. Ah, so it's like on the point. Yes. Of a crest of like some sort. It's like on the saddle of a mountain. Right. So you like, okay, in order to build a spur castle, you have to be able to find a mountain Mm -hmm. that has a little like enclave right that were three sheer sides and then you build your castle right there so the fourth side is where the front is facing of your castle and the other three sides are protected and that's really desirable because then like sorry i burped whatever like whoever your enemy is it's like harder for them to ambush you because what are they going to do fall straight down a sheer cliff to get to the back end of your castle guess what they are they're already dead yeah it depends what you had in there i guess yeah yeah, That's true. If you had like some real good stuff, Musum Castle kind of sounds like uh, a, like an N sixty four Mario Kart level. It should be because this place is fucking haunted. It's haunted. Yes. Wow. So I will also say that Ghosts. this castle is built at an elevation of three thousand five hundred and forty feet, or for oh. people who prefer meters, one thousand seventy nine meters. So it's She's way fucking different. up there. She's built different. <laughs> Okay, now, origins of this castle are murky, with some believing that the castle we see today was actually built atop the old Roman ruins of a fortress, Mm. which was used by the Roman Empire when taking over neighboring countries. I believe that. Mm -hmm. I feel like in medieval times, they didn't give a fuck about history or preservation or any of that and they were just like we're trying to survive so if this worked for the romans great we already have a foundation on yeah tear down everything yeah Yeah, build our fucking castle exactly so the way that these uh castle or these um fortresses worked is the roman empire as we know we don't have fucking time to go into the roman empire but like they were constantly taking over neighboring countries right or neighboring places some of them weren't even countries okay so assimilating new territory all the time correct so what they would do is they would send out a troop into an area that they wanted to take over or that was nearby an area they wanted to take over and say hey just build this makeshift fort right and then house your soldiers there then you're going to go into the town take it over right build a new fort 
go move on, like move forward. Right. You're just like constantly building new forts. They're like pneumatic builders. Yes. It's like Fortnite. It is like Fortnite. Wow. wow. Is Fortnite based on the Roman Empire? These are the questions that are asked on our podcast and never answered. Right. So if you know the answer, leave a comment below. Any of you know what? It is it's a fact now because yeah. we said it on a podcast. Even if you don't know the right answer, leave a comment below. And just say yes. What you think. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so that's what like these ruins were. Then at some point somebody came along and built this castle. We're not really sure who. Right. And the first concrete proof we have of the castle's existence comes in the form of a deed for the property that has the year 1191 written on it. Wow, 1191. 1191. That's a long-ass time ago. But this deed doesn't mean that it was built in 1191. It means that this is just the first time there was like a bill of sale. Mm. So the castle was changing hands at that right. point already. It might have been built in like, you know. 900. Yeah. 800. But, but this is the first document that we have that says a date on it. Right, okay. exactly. So some argue that the castle existed for much longer than that, but since this is the earliest receipt we have, most historians start with the date 1191 when mm -hmm. they're discussing Musum Castle. Right. Okay. Curiously, after this deed, there are no more records of Musum Castle available for close to 100 years. Wow. The next mention of Musum Castle comes over 90 years later in 1285 when the prince archbishops of Salzburg seized the property and moved into it. So we don't really know like who was living there before this happened. Mm -hmm. We don't we don't know like was there's just some dude who like died and didn't have anyone to inherit it and right. so it just laid in ruins. Was it unoccupied? Was it occupied? We have no idea. All right. we know is these archbishops came, seized the property and moved in. And in case you're wondering, Allie, what the fuck is a prince archbishop? Yeah. It's a civic ruler of one of the states of the Holy Roman Empire. Okay, so he's like a small, a smaller king. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So the Holy Roman Empire was like obviously fucking huge, right? Yeah. And they would assign these prince archbishops that were like part religious leader, part right. mayor or whatever yeah. you want to call it. And they would move into a town and they were in charge of it. Right. Because the Holy Roman Emperor can't like like govern over everything. So yes. It's like, you know what? I like you. You probably aren't going to do as good of a job as me. But you, you know what? I don't really care. I just want taxes from all these people. Ex so yes. go live your life. Live your life in this. Do whatever take over you want. a castle. Just yeah. send me some money. Exactly. <laughs> Now, in 1495, Prince Arch Archbishop Leonard von Kuchak took over the castle and rebuilt it, adding on several extensions. This layout created by the Prince Archbishop is what you see today. So I'm going to ask Kayla to go to slide two yeah. of our slideshow so that I can show you what this castle looks like because it's oh. fucking massive. Oh, this is a pretty castle. Yeah. So what do you, do you want to describe that to our, our listeners who are listening on audio only or might be blind? Yeah. So it's, you know, it's not exactly what I expected, but um, okay. So a picture like a really big hill and the hill is covered in like some sort of pine trees. Looks like mm -hmm. Christmas trees. Yeah. And then on the side of that hill, there's a white um a white yeah like a castle i don't know how else you would describe that it's a white mm -hmm. castle and um it's, it's like a long. stereotypical castle yeah and it, but it's huge it's got like spires and stuff right it's a stereotypical medieval castle yes the medieval castles i feel like aren't as like glamorous and as beautiful as the castles that came later um that are I more agree. modern 
like you, like I kind of feel fucked up because in the Warguard <laughs> castle, when I realized I was comparing the Warguard castle to a castle that was built in like the 1800s. Oh, the yeah. Swanstein castle. Yeah. So like obviously still, it's going to be prettier. It had yeah. like more access to stuff. Yeah. They knew how to build shit more ornately. Yeah. Yeah. And um, so this one's like very bare bones. And just lots of tiny little windows. Uh, yeah. And it's really, really big. I mean, uh, it's about the size of a 400 trees. <laughs> it's about the size of 10,000 bathtubs. Yeah. And so it's pretty big. So if you go to the next slide, Kayla, this is a different angle of the same castle, Musum Castle. Oh, I see why it's a spur now. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, it's built like a triangle. So it's got, yeah, it's like a triangle. That's the shape of it. And then the entrance is on the one side. And then the other two sides are just like sheer cliff. Cliff, yes, sort of. exactly. So you can only access it from one side. So it would be easier to guard it, I guess. And if you go to the next slide. It's got a big wall around us. I'm oh. just showing you on Google Maps. If you look up Musum Castle, you, it still exists today. Oh. Spoiler alert. And yeah, this says, is where it's located. It says Musum Castle, a medieval fortress with a macabre history. Hmm, and I'm going to tell you why it's so macabre. But first, we're going to go to the next slide. And this is Leonard von Kuchak, the prince archbishop who took over the castle in 1495 and built the additions you see today. Natalia, can you describe him to Uh, our listeners? Yeah, it's got that. He's he's made in that weird medieval way where like their bodies are like warped. Yeah, like like, the body's way too big compared to the head head or something. It's weird, but um, it's not his fault. He looks like a normal yeah, he looks like a person. He looks like a dude. He has He's he like has old my and nose. Young at the same time. Yeah, He's like Benjamin Buttons. Yeah, I'm not sure. They, well, they just I feel like they just didn't paint wrinkles, so it's like you can tell it's an old person, but right. for some reason but it has shape of the face. Yeah, but there's no wrinkles. Okay, yeah. yeah. So, um, if I was gonna describe him, he looks like the Pope. Like he's wearing a Pope hat and he's got like a, a golden cane and he has a Bible in his hand and he's wearing like a cape, like gold stuff. Like he like literally looks like the Pope. If you said this was a Pope, I would be like, sure. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and he's got like little like. That's why I love locks. this show. It's like we just accept what the other person is saying. Like, I could be like, this guy was the king of England yeah. at the time. Be like, all right. Right. Okay. You know, I can't prove you wrong, so you must be right. <laughs> okay, now we're going to fast forward from 1495 when this fuck started living in the castle okay. to 29 years later in 1524. Now, why is 1524 important? Because in 1524, the German Peasants' War started. Oh. Do you know what the German Peasants' War was? No, but I can take a guess. The yes. peasants of Germany were getting fed up that they had to work and plow all the time and live with their hot brains and syphilis. Yeah. And they were like, you know what? We're going to revolt. That is 100% accurate. So I'm going to ask Kayla to go to the next slide. Now, this was fucking annoying to me because all of the pictures I could find of like paintings of the German Peasants' War have fucking watermarks on them. And I was so angry about it. I was like, how how can you watermark a A, a painting that you didn't paint? Oh. You know what I mean? Like what company is like, oh, this ancient fucking drawing of this battle. Guess right. what? I now own it and I'm going to put a watermark that says like 1234.com on Age it. Photostock.com. Yeah. Agephotostock.com. I was angry about um, it. 
Yeah, you know what? We really just need to start drawing our own stuff. <laughs> really, maybe I can't the next draw- episode. Okay, wait. I'm going to insert here a drawing in post of yeah. of what the German peasant war looked like, okay. and I won't put a watermark on it. Thank you. Right, yes. and it's for everyone to use for their paranormal. That's podcast. right. The photo that or the drawing rather that I'm looking at. Um, it is, yeah, of a revolution of some sort. So yes. it looks like in the background, there's a bunch of just random burning things. I can't tell what they are. I'm assuming it's just houses. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, and castles. Then, and then there's a guy being hung. Uh, no, there's two men being hung mm-hmm. off of the branches of trees. There's a there's a horse here and a, a knight who is fighting someone on the ground. You can't tell who peasants are and who are not the peasants, but there's some just guy in the background who has both of his arms up and he's making like a no. Like, why are you burning down my house? Exactly. Yes, and a woman in a bonnet who's equally distressed. That's true. Yeah, she's saying no. You can see she's like holding up her hand like, stop. Stop. Okay. So for those of us who aren't familiar with the German Peasants' War, I would say as like a comparison... Think of the French Revolution. I feel like right. most people remember the French Revolution. Right. That took place in 1789. But prior to that uprising, the German Peasants' War was the largest and most widespread uprising of peasants and farmers to that date. I just want to say I'm having a great time. Are I, you? Yeah, I really like these like easily digestible history lessons. You oh, know, where it's like good. a bunch of people got mad in this year and then this, you know. Yeah, it's and like... I, Just accept it. Yeah, good. I'm glad you're having a good time. I am. So the battles and revolts associated with the German Peasants' War were fucking brutal. And Mm -hmm. as you astutely uh, guessed, it pitted the working class against the aristocrats. Okay. Now, the working class mostly consisted of serfs, miners, and other poor townsfolk uh, living in... Austria, Switzerland, and Germany. So it's called the German Peasants' War, but it actually ended up spreading to some other countries that were in close proximity. And according to encyclopedia.com, the peasants were pressed by crop failures that threatened starvation, Mm. and they saw an opportunity to overthrow the feudal system in which they were bound to the estates of the nobles and forced to give up the produce of the fields in which they worked. So the whole problem was these serfs were like, okay, it's almost like a caste system, right? Like your dad was a farmer. Now you have to be a farmer, but you don't get to choose where your produce goes. It's like give it all to this noble fuck living in a castle is going to protect you it's kind of like the mafia yeah like you have to pay for them to protect you when the only people they're protecting you from is them them exactly and also what they wanted is they were like hey like we'll still farm we just want the ability to like choose other jobs if we want or like make our own money or own our land would be fucking cool yeah Uh, and the elite were like no because that obviously then they'd have to probably start doing manual labor if they let all the miners like the coal miners and you know whatever if they let them have other jobs yeah so the other things that the peasants wanted at the time they wanted fair trials Mm. and they wanted an end to the taxes that you owed upon the death of a member of your family so if you your family member died you had to pay taxes that went to the aristocrats why i don't know i didn't look that deeply into it but that's obviously bullshit like why would you ever have maybe like to pay for a funeral but like 
or I guess if you're only sort like so basically to these aristocrats, these people in charge, you are a slave. Like you're yeah. you're only as valuable as what your body can do. That's a good so point. So if you've died, now you've taken away some of your their value and you should have to it's pay. It's like, hey, your yeah, pay. pay for it. Yeah, that could be it. If you guys know the answer, leave a comment. Um, but I don't know the answer. But yeah, that's also, that's one of the things they didn't want. How do these peasants keep getting the courage? Like, you yeah, know, like if you're <gasps> living in medieval times and you're just like, you know what? I think that we should be allowed to have fair trials. And then the king or whoever's in charge is like, no. And now we're going to cut your head off. Right, right. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you who gave them the courage, actually, because I didn't write this down, but I did read about it. I was like, I don't want to write this down because it's going to be a whole different tangent. We're, we're going down <laughs> this path. So it was actually remember when Martin Luther was like, hey, the Catholic Church is really hypocritical. Yeah. I'm going to like hammer my theses right. to the door. Yes. And I'm going to make the Bible accessible to peasants by tra right. by translating it out of Latin into yes. other languages. Yes. So once that happened, then peasants got to read the Bible themselves. And remember, they're under the rule of the Roman Catholic Church. Right. So they're reading this stuff and they're like, wait a minute, the meek shall inherit the earth. Yeah. Wait a minute. Us. Like slavery is, is like bad. bad. Like, yeah. and like, of course, we're all God's yeah, children. Exactly. Like, everyone is equal. Like, it's... I deserve to practice my religion how I want to. Yeah. So that's what gave them the courage is they really felt like they it was their divine right mm. to be like, hey, this is fucked up. Stop doing this. Don't you hate it when your dogma makes all of your slaves realize <laughs> that they are actually the not people your slaves? Too. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Wow. They really... They really hated my, uh, Martin Luther for a reason. Yeah. So the revolt began in the summer of 1524 near the border of Germany and Switzerland, and it spread quickly in southern and western Germany and as far as Austria. So in the spring of 1525, there were five large bands of peasants roaming the countryside, burning homes of nobles and princes and bringing townspeople over to their so side. peasant armies. Peasant army. Yeah. Literally just like roaming through the towns being mm -hmm. like, all right, we're going to burn down this archbishop's castle or we're going to like hang this person who we think is unfairly oppressing us. Yeah. And then they go to the townsfolk and they're like, join up with us. Right. And or else. Yeah. yeah. And in some cases... I mean, you can make an argument either way. Like, did they become the thing they hated or did they right. not? But they sometimes they would force people to like either be executed or join them yeah. in the revolution. And then other towns were like there was like a mining town where everyone was like, fuck, yeah, we don't want to be dying of black lung at age 12 right. anymore. Like, we'll join up. Yeah, so, like a war sounds better than what we're doing. Exactly. I guess it depends on your job. Like yeah. if you had a job where like going out and risking your life. Like, okay, like if you're someone who like, I don't know, bred cats for like to <laughs> have my, like to like take care of mice or right. something, then maybe you don't want a revolution. Yeah. You know, it's like you're hanging out with your kittens and life is good. Yeah, exactly. That's a great point. But if you're like someone who's like scrubbing the poop out of like a canal. <laughs> You know, like in waist yeah. deep of like water that's like poop water. Then yeah. you're like, yeah, I fucking want to go risk my life. Right. I'm tired of, yeah, yeah, I'm tired of cleaning the chamber pots of the Prince Archbishop of right. wherever the fuck I live. Yeah. Like sign me up to draw and quarter him. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so it was during one of these battles that a band of working class peasants descended upon Musum Castle. Okay. Now, to give you an idea of what this would have looked like, you need to keep in mind that the aristocrats of the time had access to much better weaponry than the peasants did right like they had like a what is it? it's not a catapult but it's the thing that's better than a trebuchet 
inserting that in post right now because trebuchet. I'm learning something new. Yeah, trebuchet. What is that? Cool. It's like okay, so a catapult is just like like when you take a spoon and it has a fulcrum and it just flings something. A uh-huh. trebuchet has like a string attached to something and it like it, it it's like a catapult with a string and then like it like flings something further. It's just cooler. Okay. I describe it. Well, I believe Look you. It up. And now I like that word a lot. Yeah. So it's also a meme to say trebuchet. I don't know where it started, but like everyone talks about it. It's kind of like bitch I'm a bus on red. Oh Reddit. yeah, yeah. There's yeah. also like trebuchet, trebuchet like fan Reddit pages. And I stuff. love that. That's <laughs> perfect. Now, so those who made up the peasant army were armed with farm implements such as scythes and pitchforks oh, yeah. and long knives or boar spears. And so this is just like things that they had on their property to either right. like do the job that the feudal landlords were making them do. Right. They're like, I have a rake. Yeah, exactly. And I'm coming. <laughs> yeah. I sharpened the end of a broomstick. I'm right. like going to behead you with it. <laughs> yes. But actually they were so fucking determined. Like they were such underdogs. And like a lot of these people were just so in it to win it yeah. that they actually did succeed in killing a lot of landlords and local nobles with these oh, like yeah. makeshift weapons. Now, while the peasants were able to gather some armor and more sophisticated weaponry from castles and monasteries that they ransacked, for the most part, they were ill-equipped to take on guns, Mm -hmm. swords, and armor used by the private armies of the elite. Yes, they did. Oh, I didn't know they had guns. Yes, they did have some guns. So you can imagine, like, a peasant just, like, running into Musum Castle, like, with their sharpened broomstick being like, I'm coming for you. And then they just get shot. Yeah. Yeah. Sad. Sad, sad times. Right. But it's like, do you know that clip from um, Indiana Jones Uh where like he, that guy's out the sword. Yeah. And then he just shoots him. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, It's exactly. That's what I picture in my head. So even though um, the odds were against them, they did catch some noblemen by surprise who were like just in their homes and like murder them and like burn down their houses. But in other cases, the actual literal army would come and, and slaughter them all. Very haunted. Mm-hmm. So the hi- the fighting was at its height in the middle of 1525. And during it, the aristocracy slaughtered around 100,000 to 300,000 of those who were revolting. Wow. And just 35 miles from the gates of Musum, there was a battle in the town of Schladming when on July 2nd, 1525, a band of miners and peasants actually somehow beat back the Austrian army, captured the captain of the army, and killed all of the soldiers who did not speak German. Oh, wow. I know. Why did they choose to do that? Not sure, but that's what they chose to do. And then the rest of the soldiers were taken prisoner. And on the morning of July 4th, the peasants organized a jury to try the captives. So in that in that trial, that like makeshift trial that the peasants had, they murdered 40 Czech and Croatian noble prisoners um, that, like that very same day. Mm. So I kind of think of it as, you know, one of the things they were fighting for was fair trials. Mm-hmm. So they were probably just like, you know what? You fucking killed like half yeah. of the people in my town in unfair trials. You get an unfair trial. Right. Now, is that right or wrong? Who's to say? Who's to say? Who's to say? I feel like, yeah, a lot of times the mob mentality, like you just kind of get amped up and you sort of forget about what it is right. that you are trying to do anyways. And you're just like, this is really fun. Let's fuck kill some people. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I, I agree. It's very easy to get whipped up into a frenzy for yes. sure. So these were like definitely whipped up into a frenzy. Yeah. So according to Gothic Bite magazine, 
All in all, there were some 45 battles in and around Musum Castle between 1191 and 1675, ranging from the Third Crusade to all three of the Italian Wars. Oh, wow. And many lives were lost in and around the castle, and records written during some of these battles refer to the ground around the castle as being, quote, soaked in blood. Soaked in blood. Yeah, I mean, it's probably is. Yeah. So, yeah. Natalia, I have a question for you. Yes. So far, does this sound like a pretty fucking haunted location? Yeah, I mean, it sounds super haunted. Like, you're basically telling me this castle has been the site of so much death and destruction and, and angst. And, and yeah, I definitely think that this has potential to be very haunted. Yes, definitely. And so we're talking about, like... bloodshed from the crusades which are extremely haunted right like bloodshed from up to 45 wars Mm -hmm. that took place in and around musum castle people constantly fighting over who got to have the castle like does this arch prince bishop get to have it or does this random citizen get to have Mm -hmm. it does anyone get to live there like is it descendants from like some family and so it was just constantly changing hands during all of these battles Okay, now, if the bloodshed from multiple wars wasn't haunted enough for you, as time went on, Musum Castle's history would only become darker. No, how? Uh, Well, you're about to find out. Actually, I just realized I forgot to show you a slide. Yeah, show me a picture. So the next slide, Kayla, shows where the fights were during the German... um, German Peasants' War. So in that... So as the color gets lighter, it's like not as bad and when yeah. where it's more it's red and red. concentrated that's like where most of the battles were and in that red area is Musum castle oh the black forest i see it on yeah. the map that's where that uh guy that was a up and a sex guy what was his name le leon le leon yeah. yeah was he in that area he was in the black forest wasn't he no i don't think so who someone was in the black forest that was in there's a black forest in the u.s and that was where the alien holes guy was oh if you guys don't know what we're talking about there's no no there's no time to explain just google let's get haunted black forest i don't remember what episode it was okay so this is like i just have to show you this slide before we move on okay now from 1675 to 1690 musum castle was used as the administrative center during the salzburg witch trials oh the administrative you know what i hate administrators yeah and administrative so, assistants mm-hmm. that's me included that one of my job is very administrative at times yeah like because you just super... hate your job most of the time i don't hate my job damn i shouldn't have said that but yeah. like most most administrative people i feel like are pushing paper and they like don't right they're like annoyed yeah yeah like yeah. why are you killing another witch this is like 50 more pieces of paperwork i have right. to fill out like just stop please so okay so during these witch trials which have been called some of the bloodiest in world history oh no how musum castle served as the center for trial sentencing and execution of suspected witches oh no so all one location that's horrible horrible now i'm going to tell you what makes it the most bloody what makes this witch trial so unique when compared to others is that most of the victims murdered in the salzburg witch trials were men and children, <gasps> not women. And children? And children. How could you murder a child? How There's, could you kill a I'm child? I'm going to tell you some upsetting things, so just really buckle up for this, mm-hmm. guys. Now, according to MysteriousTrip.com, 130 men and 26 women were accused and condemned of witchcraft. Most of them were beggars and homeless. 
So how did this come to be? You know, like what made Salzburg deviate from the norm and murder mostly males and children? Because, you know, we covered the Salem witch trials. You did an episode on that. And it was pretty much all adult women. women. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think there were some teenage women. It was like, oh, you're not married. You're doing fine on your own. Must be witchcraft. Oh, you want to wear pants? Guess what? We're drowning you. Yeah, exactly. Now, in order to understand (laughs) the haunted origins of this witch trial, we need to look at the name of the event itself, Natalia. Salzburg. The Salzburg witch trials are also known as the Zauberer Jackal Trials. Natalia, do you want to guess what Zauberer Jackal means? Zauberer Jackal. Well, Jackal is either that thing from Egypt, like a jackal, mm-hmm. like that dog, a wild dog. Yeah. Or it could be like a jack-o'-lantern. I love that your brain is in Halloween mode. That's what is it, it could be that. I agree. Okay. So you the- just said you just said a fake word. What Zauer <laughs> Jackal? What was that? So the word Zauberer in German translates to wizard or sorcerer in English. Mm. Sometimes translated as magician as well. So like if you're okay. doing your research on your own about this shit that I'm telling you about, a lot of the times people translate it as magician. Okay. Um, and the word jackal translates to either the name Jack. Or the word jackal, which is like a dog. A dog. Yeah. Okay, so, so you're like a wizard dog. You're like a wizard named Jack or you're a wizard dog. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So according to Wikipedia, the story of how this trial got its name is as follows. Why? Sorry. Why would you kill a wizard dog? That just sounds cool. Yeah. Why? why you just want that around? Why not have it do your bidding? Yeah. Well, you're going to find out why. Thank you. If you continue to stay tuned. Okay. <laughs> So in the 1600s, the government was extremely invested in getting rid of anyone suspected of practicing witchcraft as it was thought to be a threat to Christianity, Catholicism and society as a whole. So, again, we have to remember everything's in the context of the Holy Holy Roman Roman Empire. Empire. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So they're like, you're practicing witchcraft illegal on multiple levels because we're governing literally with religion. Yes. Okay. So to this end, citizens were aware that they could be excommunicated or prosecuted if they were found to not report persons suspected of being witches. Oh, so now they're just reporting people they don't care about so that they're not getting in trouble. Exactly. So because think about it, it, like the way this was such a broad law that if if like you live next door to me and I'm like, well, Natalia is kind of weird. Sometimes she goes out when there's a full moon and like puts a flower on the ground and it's like, you know. If I just like leave you alone and don't report you, but a different neighbor does, yeah. that now I'm in trouble because, because you didn't. Because I me. saw, I like, how could I not know? I live next to you and I right. didn't say anything. Yeah. So now I'm complicit. And I'm sure people at the time who didn't, I mean, everyone does weird shit in their homes. So yeah. if you don't have a home, you're living on the street, you're doing weird shit because you're human, but now people are seeing it. Great point. Exactly. It's not hidden. Exactly. So all suspicions reported to authorities were also rewarded and remained anonymous. So basically, as we learned in our Salem Witch Trial episode, you could accuse anyone you didn't like of being a witch and nothing bad would happen to you if you were wrong. In fact, on the contrary, like you would be rewarded in some way. They'd be like, oh, great job, Natalia, for reporting that Alyssa put a crystal outside. Like now you get a cattle, you know, like you get a cow for the winter. You get a cattle. Yeah. (laughs) So once accused, a judge would gather indications or clues. And if a judge had enough clues, the accused witch would go to trial. Mm -hmm. What was considered a clue, you may ask? Basically, everything and anything. So bad reputations counted as a clue. Illegal or criminal activity counted as a clue. 
fraternizing with other people who were then suspected of being witches was a clue. Mm. If you were related to someone that went to trial for being a witch, that was a clue. Um, if you were homeless, that was a clue. If you were poor, that was a clue. If you were poor but then became rich too quickly, right. that was a clue. See, that makes the most sense to me. <laughs> that but like, the other ones don't. Right. Because like... If you were poor, then you like your witchcraft isn't working. Oh, right. Yes. But that's so. But they also included like if you're poor and then you became rich. See, that seems like to me like, oh, that person might be a witch. Right. Like, how did they do it? But I'm on Medi-Cal. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Okay. (laughs) So being sick and then becoming well too quickly was Uh a clue. Being uneducated or unintelligent, but then becoming smarter or acquiring too much knowledge too quickly was a clue. That's upsetting. Not attending church was the clue. Not attending church, but then suddenly attending church more frequently was a clue. What? So, like, let's say that you just, like, are too busy plowing your fields to go to church because your feudal landlord is breaking your back. Yeah. And then all of a sudden you, like, are like, you know what? I think I want to go to church more. Right. Guess what? Now you're a witch. Yeah. Yeah. So basically, you just have to disappear. Like, doing anything to get too much attention makes you a witch. Right. Yes, correct. So if someone was... Okay, and then... Okay, more clues that you're a witch. Oh, no. So if someone was scared and frightened when they were arrested after being accused of witchcraft, it meant that they must have a guilty conscience, and therefore they were a witch. But if someone conducted themselves calmly upon arrest... They were also a witch. Then it meant they were hardened by the devil and were therefore a witch. So how are you not a witch? You're just a witch. You're right. 100% of the time, you're a witch. a witch. If someone accuses you of being a witch, you You're just a witch, yeah. Yeah, you just got to run away. Like, if people in your town start saying, like, that person, you know, that Natalia seems to be a witchy. witchy. Yeah. yeah. You literally, that moment, have to leave and never come back. Right, exactly. And the fact that a defendant was tortured into naming one or more names in order to put an end to the torment enabled witch judges to direct trials with precision. So they'd be like, hey, you were sick uh, with tuberculosis and now all of a sudden you're back out plowing your field. Guess what? You're a witch. Then they drag you in. They start torturing you and they're like, name the other witches. And you're like, ah, Natalia, Mm -hmm. Uh, like just like make it stop. And so then they'd be like, great, that's now you're a witch and there's nothing you can do to because this first witch named you as a witch right. and there's no way to disprove that. So that sucks. Yeah, that fucking sucks. So because a case was immediately. OK, yeah. So I already said that. OK, this is the only way to understand witch trials that lasted for several years and ended with hundreds of death sentences, even depopulating entire regions, because once a trial was opened against you, there was usually no escape at all. Right. So, like, as soon as you become accused, it's an it's it's 100 percent of the time it's an automatic death sentence. Right. Yeah. So once a person was arrested, they would be taken into a holding area or dungeon. Once at the dungeon, the person would then be locked inside a narrow cell, often with their arms and legs strapped to the walls, ceiling, or floor. Since the prisoners were restrained, they were often gnawed at by fleas, rats, and other rodents ceaselessly for days on end. Because you're literally, your arms are restrained and your legs. So there's just rats eating you while you're alive. Like there were cases where accused witches would be strung up in Musum Castle and rats would eat their eyes out (gasps) or their tongue out while they were still living. Oh, no. And this is before you've even gone to trial. Right. So like at that point, do you want to live? No. I don't know. Uh, And in Austria, many prisoners were shackled and then periodically beaten with canes by guards to keep them from sleeping. 
think that the thing that's like so ironic about all of this is that a huge part of Christianity is like forgiveness. Oh, of course. Like that's like I would say the main thing. Like the whole thing you believe in as a Christian is that like Jesus died. Jesus died to forgive you for your sins, right? Right. And so I just like this is so oh, it's, ironic. Oh, it's super ironic. And that's why Martin Luther was like fucking. If you guys understand, yeah. not be doing this. I don't. I mean, this is a totally another episode, but. What, 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 I guess, what were people thinking before they could read the Bible? They were just like, we're just going to believe what everyone tells yeah, us. Yeah, that's what, like. they must know I, more yeah. about this. Like, I guess we deserve to be plowing the fields because right. that's what, apparently, that's what our overlords are saying the Bible says. Right. And you know? we just believe everything the Bible says. But you want to know what's interesting? Actually, this is another tangent. Mar I was reading, and Martin Luther, you think that he would be, like, for the German Peasants' Revolt. Right. He actually came out and was like, no, you shouldn't be doing that. But I don't know if he was saying no because the peasants then started to murder people. Right. Or if he was saying no because he was an asshole. I'm not sure uh, which probably one. Probably because they started to murder people. Could have been. I mean, that's what happens. You give someone too much knowledge at once and then they're just like, we're really pissed off. Yeah. yeah. You know? Yeah. It's yeah, like it kind a of mind backfired fuck. on him. He was like, I really want you guys to understand the Christian religion so like you can understand. And then they like heard it and were just so pissed off by it that they like did the opposite of right. what he thought they would do. But at the same time, like, can you really blame someone for murdering someone if like maybe your <laughs> wife like yeah. got unjust? sentenced to death by your feudal landlord and now you're like well I'm gonna murder you at the first opportunity I get because wouldn't you want to avenge the death of your loved one I don't know it's a moral conundrum yeah we've I, talked about it on the show before I don't think I have the balls to murder someone that like premeditated I think I could do it in the moment if I was angry so maybe that's what it is maybe you're a peasant and you're angry in the moment you're malnourished right your wife got murdered yeah. And it's now Martin Luther from you. Right. And now nothing to live for. Exactly. Yeah. OK. So once it came time for the trial, the prisoner would be removed from their cell and taken in front of the judge. Then the judge would listen to evidence brought to him about why the person was suspected of witchcraft. During this trial, literally anyone could come and give testimony and it wouldn't be questioned. Anyone? So, anyone. So if somebody didn't like you. Just like a fame whore who wants to give testimony. Or like I was reading stuff and they'd be like sometimes like the guards would be like, hey, here's this like known mentally ill person mm -hmm. that has hallucinations. Let me bring them in and just tell them to like say like say, hey, this right. person's a witch. And they would just like invent things because they didn't know what was going on around them. Yeah. So it was like exploitation of a lot of like mentally ill people to get them to convict someone else of witchcraft. Um, And then also... If the authorities, haunted. yeah, very haunted. If the authorities found any of the following items in your house, it was considered to be evidence that you were a witch and oh, used against you in trial. You're going to love this. Glass bottles, alcohol flasks, oh, broomsticks, herbs, cauldrons, or even in some cases, just like large pots and any natural medicine that wasn't prescribed by a doctor. So like if you're someone who has like, milk thistle growing on your property or mm -hmm. even chamomile and you're yeah. like oh i'm gonna make a tea out of this right you're a witch yeah okay after hearing all of the evidence <laughs> How dumb super fucking dumb so after hearing all of the evidence the prisoner would then be interrogated the interrogation began by asking the prisoner whether or not they believed in witchcraft if the person said no they were immediately considered a heretic and killed mm -hmm. because the bible says witchcraft is real right if the person said yes i believe in witchcraft 
Then they would be asked a series of leading questions in order to get a confession. If the person somehow still refused to confess or was smart enough to like not fall into the leading questions right. trap, then they would be tortured until they changed their answers. Or just killed. Or just, ki- yeah, yeah, or just killed. But basically the types of leading questions that were asked made it impossible to not confess. And I'm going to give you an example of what I mean. Oh, please. Okay. Let's say you're out in the middle of your farm one day. Right. And you see your neighbor. Mm-hmm. You wave to your neighbor. Okay. You go about your business. You're plowing your field. You're milking your cows. And then a storm breaks out and you go inside. Okay. That's like a normal thing that could right. happen. Very yeah. innocent. You're not going to be outside when there's a storm. Right. You're going to go back inside. Okay. At trial, the judge might ask you, is it true that you were out working in your farm yesterday? And you're going to say yes. Yes. Is it true that you waved your hand? Yes. Is it true that a storm later broke out and destroyed the crops of your neighbor? No. You know, you have to say yes. No. A storm broke out, Natalia? Yes. Okay. So obviously you'd have to answer yes to all those questions because that's what happened. But by answering yes, the judge would then take that to mean that you were admitting that you as a witch conjured up the storm when you waved your hand to intentionally ruin your neighbor's harvest. Right. So it's like you can't get out of it. God, this makes me so mad. I think I would just like be like, yeah, I fucking did it. Ha ha. And I gave you a small (laughs) dick too. The king has a small dick. Kill me. (laughs) You know? Yeah. At that point, it's like, what are you going to say? Right. Like you can't get out of it. So you might as well just I would just piss everyone off. I would be like, I put a spell on all of you. So you're all cursed for eternity. Yeah. Your wife's cheating on you. I saw it in in an orb. (laughs) Like just fuck with people. So testimony was also considered more important than actual material evidence during witch trials since magic was thought to be able to do anything. And what I mean by that is best illustrated in this example. During one witch trial in Germany, five women were tortured into confessing that they had dug up a recently deceased child in the cemetery and then boiled him to make a witch pulp out of his remains. Oh my god. The husbands of the accused knew their wives weren't witches, so they demanded that the grave of this child be dug up to prove that their wives didn't take the child out of his coffin. Right. So the judge, in a rare instance of like momentary sanity, is like, yeah. oh, that's that makes sense. Yeah. Let's go do that. So he allows the grave to be dug up, and when the coffin was opened, everyone could see that the child still lay there, untouched, and clearly not boiled into a witch's pulp. Yes. However, the judge, with his fucking hot brain syphilis problem, is like, you know what? Actually, you still get death, because I believe that since the women are witches, they could have just conjured up an illusion with the help of the devil to make it seem like the child's still laying in the casket. (sighs) So there's nothing you can do, because because they believe that magic could do anything, anything... It's no material evidence can disprove that you're a witch. Like, it's so dangerous. Yes, definitely. Okay, so now we're looking at the Salzburg witch trials still. Yes. So all of this stuff was true of the Salzburg witch trials and also true of other witch trials going on in the area at the time. So specifically the Salzburg witch trials. In 1675, a beggar woman named Barbara Colleran stole something. Oh, no. When her theft was reported to the authorities, she was arrested. Since anyone who was homeless, poor, a beggar, or involved in criminal activity was considered a witch, Barbara was put on trial not only for the theft, but also for sorcery. Mm. And also accused was her partner, Paul Kaltenpacher. And it's unclear if this guy was like her boyfriend partner or if it was like her husband partner or if he was just like her partner in crime. They like don't really specify. But in any case, since he was associated with her, he must also be a witch or wizard. So he was arrested. 
So and that's one version of why she was arrested. In another version, it's said that she was um, like begging, going door, door to door begging. And she got to an innkeeper's house and she was like, hey, do you have like any food? I'm yeah. like dying on the street. Right. And the innkeeper's like, no, fuck you. And so she was like, you know, curse you and your family. Like, I just want food. She wasn't like literally cursing right. him. She was just like, you know, fuck you, essentially. Yeah. So then he is like, this bitch is crazy. But then later, when his son falls inexplicably ill, he calls the authorities and he or, you know, I mean, they don't have phones, but you know what I mean? He like goes over. He like gets his bugle. He's like, hey, Hey." authorities. Yeah. Night watchman. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. And he's like this. This crazy beggar lady came to my door the other day asking for me to give her alms, which is just like, give me anything. And I didn't do it. And she cursed me and like said, fuck you to me. And and now my my son son is sick. sick. Yeah. So that's one version of the story. I mean, it doesn't really matter which thing she did, um, because in either case, she was arrested for theft and sorcery. And she died, probably. Well, so during torture. So first they torture her and they're like, we know you're a witch. Tell us everyone who taught you sorcery, who's like also a witch. And she ends up being tortured so much that she confesses that her son, Paul Jacob Kohler, had a pact with Satan. No, she sold out her son. Well, I mean, if you're being like stabbed through the butthole like every minute while you're being gnawed on by rats, you're going to say anything. So probably what happened is they were like, you're a witch. Is your son also a witch? Tell us, is your son a witch? So she confesses and says her son had a pact with Satan and her partner, Paul, confirms this and goes further by describing Jacob as being a man of 20 years old and the son of an executioner's assistant. And for some reason, the fact that he was the son of an executioner's assistant meant like he was darker and like had right. more of the potential to, to be, be associated with yeah. the devil. Um, and then Paul confessed that Barbara had taught her son the profession of begging theft and fraud. And again, as we know, criminal activity is witchcraft, apparently. And after her torture and confession, so they finally get this confession out of her. And then they're like, great. Thank you so much, Barbara. And then they burn her alive Mm -hmm. in August of 1675. So after her execution, the authorities then issue an arrest warrant for her son. Yeah. And her son became known as Wizard Jackal or Magician Jackal. Right. He's a magician dog. Right. He's the dog magician man named Jack, possibly. Okay. So as authorities began their hunt for Jacob, more and more rumors of dark magic began to fly around the city, causing police and guards to be incredibly fearful of finding him. So they're tasked with finding him, but at the same time, they keep hearing these crazy fucking stories. So they're afraid. They're afraid. So they might actually have not been looking very hard for him, but they're pretending. Because they really believed that he was this crazy magician who could, like, you know, light their genitals on fire. Yeah, with Satan's, like, wishes. Exactly. So rumors abounded of Jacob himself being a human demon hybrid transformed by the power of his pact with the devil. And in their quest to find the magician Jackal, as he would be as he would become to be known, us Austrian authorities would capture and torture any children and teenagers that were rumored to have been in recent contact with him. And during the interrogations of these captive beggar teenagers, the confessions of the prisoners led to more and more myths about the magician Jackal. He was claimed to be able to make himself invisible, enchant mice and rats, and make the mice and rats ruin the harvests of the farmers in the area. So basically during the time Salzburg was going through kind of like this famine almost, yeah. like there's just like bad harvest they a couple seasons in a row. And they were like, it's got to be witches. And now they're saying, oh, it's got to be the magician Jackal. 
And he was even portrayed as a murderer. And there were all these rumors that he was super cruel and would capture children and women and like decapitate them with his magic. And and so they were. Why would witches want to do that? Like, why wouldn't they just be interested in like becoming the most beautiful and rich and powerful they could be? All great questions. Like, why do they want to be like poor beggars, like sending rats to the field? Exactly. If you were. That's the thing. If you were actually a witch, you wouldn't be poor. Right. Because you would be the king or something. Exactly. Okay. So he was the most famous wizard ever in the city's history, but he was actually never captured. And some people are like, it's because he was a wizard. Some people right. are like, he never existed. Oh. And like the lady who was tortured just made up that she had a son. She had a son. That's a great idea. And other people think like, no, it's because the guards were so afraid that they weren't actually looking for him. They were just going after I easy like targets. I that she made up someone because she didn't want to sell out a real person. Yeah. That's, that's very smart. I think she found a way to get out of eternal damnation or whatever. Right. Like, I don't want to harm anybody. So I'm just going to say I had a son. Yeah. Whose name was Jacob. And right. he had a pact with the devil. Yeah. I don't know. And in 1677, the government was said to have received the news that Jackal was dead. And they received this news after they had arrested a homeless beggar child named Dionysus Feldner, who is described as a handicapped 12-year-old who was nicknamed the Dirty Animal, which is like fucked up. He's just this child on the street who's oh. an orphan and homeless. And everyone just called him like, a dirty there's animal. that dirty animal. I know it's fucked That's up. So, also, his name is Dionysus. They kind of set him up for failure with that one. Yeah, well, like you're gonna name your kid Dionysus in the Holy Roman Imp- Empire, and, and he's a cr- like a crippled, in right? The, yeah, you know, you know, it's fucked. It's fucked up. All this guy just never had to start at life. So Dionysus was tortured until he confessed that he had been in contact with the magician Jackal three weeks earlier. And the boy confessed that the jackal was the leader of gangs of poor beggar children and teenagers from the slums to whom he taught dark magic rituals that involved the devil. Oh, that sounds kind of cool. Yeah. This confession whipped the authorities into a frenzy and they began to conduct mass arrests on all of the homeless children and teenagers in Salzburg. And the hysteria spread to the entire archbishopric and developed into a great hunt of beggars, homeless, and poor children and teenagers. And especially gangs were targeted. So let's say like... Obviously, if you're homeless, you're going to yeah. form a gang with other homeless right. to like so that you don't people don't fuck with you. Yeah. You know, like you need protection. You don't you literally don't have a home yes. that can protect you. Right. So they would find these gangs and they would be like, "Well, you're a gang, you're conducting criminal activity probably, you're homeless. Yeah. We're and you're orphans, so therefore you must be in contact with magician Jackal and yeah. therefore you're also in a pact with the devil and you're also a witch, so we're going to take you to Musham Musham Castle right. for like torture." Okay. And many were accused of having caused some of the bad weather from the previous years and bad harvests like we talked about. Mm -hmm. Now, once captured, the children would be transported to Musum Castle where they would be imprisoned. Musum Castle, like I said, was the sole site of imprisonment, trial, torture, and execution of all the alleged witches and wizards of Salzburg. And once inside the castle, the accused would be shackled in the dungeon with all of the other accused. Right. Often, the children would be starved and forced to eat rats. Mm. There were no bathrooms, of course. And if multiple children were, were held in one cell together for multiple weeks, the floors of the cell would become covered in feces and urine. No. And some of, like, the younger kids 
who like maybe didn't know any better or maybe had some type of mental impairment from malnutrition or whatever, yeah. they would just start to eat the feces because there was literally nothing for them to eat. Aww. And once it was time for a prisoner to go to trial, they would be dragged from their cell and placed in what was known as the waiting room. So this is a room within Musum Castle that's still standing that you can see today. And this is where all those due to stand trial for the day would be forced to wait, knowing full well that, that they're they going to die. Yeah. yeah, that they're going to be found guilty. It's not a real trial. Right. You show up and they're like, you're guilty. Bye. Yeah. You know. And yeah. so it didn't matter what they said. Now, in this waiting room, this is the most fucked up part, Natalia. So in this waiting room, there was a small hole cut into the ground with a board placed over it. Okay. When it was your turn to stand trial, the guards would push the board away from the hole yeah. and shove you down into it. And it was a trap door and you would just fall 15 to 20 feet down into the trial room. <gasps> yes, you heard me right. People would literally be pushed through a you small like trap door. Legs, right? Yes, they would fall into the hard stone floors of the courtroom. And for a lot of prisoners, this meant that they would just die before they even went to trial because they'd land on their heads or their spine, snap their back in half, yeah. and they would just die. And for others, it meant that they went into their trial with like severely fractured legs with yeah. like bones sticking out, like arms completely bending the wrong way. And they're supposed to this like is, or concussions. That's so upsetting. And so they would be like you just fall into your trial and now they're like asking you questions about the weather. Right. And did you wave your hand at your neighbor? And you're like, I have a broken leg and right now. Yes. And you like can't even concentrate on defending yourself, even though it wouldn't make a difference anyway. Yeah. Because your leg is literally a compound fractured pointing the wrong direction. Right. So, like, basically, there's just literally no way to defend yourself at these trials. And then 139 people were executed as the followers of Jackal in this trial. 39 were children between 139 the, people. And 39 of them were between the ages of 10 and 14. 53 were between the ages of 15 and 21. 21 were of unknown age, like they just didn't record their age. 113 were of male gender and everyone except for two people were beggars or orphans 10 and 14 that's so sad so sad and the youngest boy was named Hanurl and he was just 10 years old when he was executed the oldest was Margaret Reinberg an 80 year old woman and 109 of those people that were murdered were executed during 1681 alone so 109 mm -hmm. people in one year that's insane. I can only imagine how scared that little boy must. Have I know, been like, and how do you, heart. how do you even? Uh, it's just, I guess, it's awful. probably the, you know, because the human condition. I think, like, if you were in that room, the older boys were probably telling him it was going to be okay, right? You know, yeah, I know. It's so sad to think of, and like, and when you're that young, you don't understand what's going on around you either. I so. Know. And the accused were most often tortured by having their hands cut off first. Mm -hmm. So this is before they went to trial having their hands cut off, being branded by hot irons, mm. and then they would be thrown into a fire and burned alive when they were found guilty. Ugh. But if you were lucky, this was considered the Christian thing to do if, like, it was a young child that was found to be a witch. Yeah. You would be killed by hanging or decapitation first before your body was burned. Right. So that was considered being, like, compassionate. Yeah. Like, I'm not going to burn this child alive. I'm going to decapitate them Who's first. Who's this execute? I wonder if, like, the people historically that who do the executions, if they knew it was all bullshit. Oh, my God. I'm so glad you asked that because I'm going to tell you. Really? About, in a little bit, I'm going to tell you who carried out the executions. Yeah. Like, did they know it was all bullshit and they, like, every night got home and they were like, man, I fucking hate my job. I right. Had to, like, a little kid was crying and I had to cut his head off. Exactly. 
I know. Crazy. So other methods of torture involved having your arms and legs tied to several different horses and then having your body ripped apart Yeah, while you were still alive. And not all of those who went to trial were executed. Some of the smaller children just got their hands chopped off and then were branded on the chest as witches, like with like a giant brand that said witch. Um, And then they were kept alive only to be paraded around the town to warn others against practicing witchcraft. So they'd have like if you survived your torture and they like for some reason took pity on you. Yeah. You would still be imprisoned, but they would like parade you around every once in a while. Yeah. Like this like fecal hole in the ground. Exactly. Exactly. Terrible. So the next slide I want to show you, Kayla, if you can go to it, is just shows someone being um, drawn and quartered or pulled apart by horses. Mm. So I'm sure this is like the least chill thing horses have ever done. Yeah, yeah. I really like horses, but it's like very not cool. Well, they don't know what they're doing. I also like I don't understand the drawn and quartered thing because I'm I'm trying to think like I guess maybe internally you're like bone like your limbs would come off of uh your body or whatever but like it wouldn't break the skin would for it? some people it did yeah oh they because must... they would just keep like hitting the horses you know like oh to keep running and eventually right. they would just run until the point where your body would literally be ripped apart and your guts would be like falling on the ground and sometimes it would be like just your arms that came off or just your legs that came off but most of the time they would tie you on so tight i researched this and i wish i hadn't they would like tie and bind your arms and legs so tight that you would rip at the at the middle oh. yeah pretty fucking insane so as time went on, Musum left its shameful past of wars, murders, and witch trials behind it, but a new dark chapter began to take hold of the castle. So you think this is already dark? Well, buckle up because it's going to no, get... How could it get darker? It's going to take another turn. So in 1790, the Archbishop Count Hieronymus von Colorado, who was in charge of that area of Austria, decided to stop funding the castle with church money as it had been for centuries. So as a result, people were still living in the castle, like noblemen were still living there, but the castle fell into a state of disrepair. Because yeah. if I didn't make it obvious enough, the German peasants war, like, it wasn't successful. Like, right. there were some sources say conditions kind of improved after that, but like, how much could they have really improved if the witch trials are taking place after yeah, this? Yeah, I don't think so. So sometime in the 1800s, the dead and mutilated corpses of cattle and deer inexplicably began showing up around the castle grounds. It's haunted. This led to the townsfolk living around the castle to think that a werewolf must be on the loose <gasps> killing their livestock. For some reason, rumors began to emerge that those living in Musum Castle must be, quote, castle dwelling werewolves oh see now they've got what was coming for them and the townsfolk raided the castle and killed everyone living inside (laughs) unfortunately the dead and mutilated corpses of livestock still kept showing up around town even after the castle dwelling werewolves were murdered like a, a mountain lion or something honestly probably and so but instead of them being like this is an actual wolf or right. this is a mountain lion they were like well that must mean there's still werewolves on right. the loose so now it's a werewolf hunt it's a werewolf hunt so we went from a witch hunt to a werewolf hunt and they start having werewolf trials where all those suspected of being werewolves were taken to Musum, imprisoned tortured and killed and Musum um stopped operating in 1790 as like being like a place where like cells would be but they still took some people there to like conduct their these fake trials yeah but some people were transferred to like Salzburg Central mm-hmm. and um had like formal trials carried out there where they were accused of being werewolf witches 
both yeah like it's called a werewolf witch and apparently there were some people during the time who apparently it sounds like it was just a scam where they would be like oh are you afraid of wolves like coming and destroying your crop or eating your sheep I have a wolf charm and I'll like Mm. give you this wolf charm and it'll protect you but then it ended up backfiring because they were like well it must be the wolf charmers like the wolf charmers must be werewolf witches so it like decimated that industry because all those people (laughs) the wolf charm industry Oh, no. The wolf charm industry sounds cool, though. It yeah. sounds like, you know, like medieval Etsy people. Exactly. You know, like, yeah. like handmade little trinkets and things. Exactly. Now, following the werewolf trials, Musum Castle continued to fall into disrepair and remained vacant until 1886 when an Austrian explorer named Count Johann Nepomuk Wilczek purchased, restored, and moved into the property with his family. What year is that? This is 1886. Okay, so now we're getting closer to... To normal times. times. Yeah. Yeah. So he conducted an extensive restoration to make the castle habitable once again, and his descendants turned it into a museum, which you can still visit to this day. Wow. So I would like to talk to you about some of the modern hauntings that people claim to see in the castle. And I would like to show you some pictures. So Kayla, if you could go to the next slide. Yes. So this next slide is allegedly like a preserved room of the guy who oversaw all the executions. Oh, wow. So you were asking me about that guy. Yeah. Um, according to MysteriousTrip.com, the current owner of Musum Castle in Salzburg, Austria, is Teresita Wilczek, who's a descendant of that uh-huh. guy that restored it. And she says that the room of Tony, which is this room that yeah. we're looking at now, was where the man behind all the torture lived. Mm. And apparently, so I was like trying to figure out like who was this guy and there really aren't many sources, but apparently during the height of the Salzburg witch trials, Tony was this dude who lived in the castle and helped coordinate the execution and torture of the prisoners. So I searched him high and low, like I was trying to find more information. I was only able to find one source in English. Mm -hmm. So take this with a grain of salt, but apparently his full name was Anton Heilmeyer. And he personally told the executioners and torturers what to do for the prisoner's punishment. So he got to choose if they were going to be burned alive, <sighs> hanged, have their hands chopped off, be pulled apart by horses, oh etc. And according to legend, Anton lived a very long life until one day when he simply disappeared. And it is rumored that one night close to the witching hour, Anton, a.k.a. Tony, woke up from a nightmare regarding all of the people he had murdered. Yeah. And he decided to go on a walk around the castle to clear his head. Suddenly, a black horse-drawn carriage pulled up to the castle, guided by two large horses with glowing red eyes. Oh. And a handsome man descended from the carriage and whisked Anton away to hell, where he still resides till this day. Some people say that the devil rewarded him for his evil deeds and, like, holds him in high esteem in hell. And other people say that when Anton was, like, greeted by this carriage, he wasn't ready to go. But suddenly the souls of all of the people he had tortured showed up. No, they showed up. And the guy in the carriage, who is, like, the devil, was like, hey, you can either try your luck with all these people who would love to tear you apart and do to you what they did, like, what you did to them for all of eternity, or you can take your luck with me, the devil. And so he, like, chose to go into the carriage with the devil. Wow. And many tourists and employees who work at the castle today claim to feel a dark presence around them. Various voices have been recorded during EVP sessions in the castle, and some people have felt a disembodied mouth breathing hot air onto the backs of their necks. Staff and visitors have also reported being touched on their arms and legs, 
fingers running through their hair and hearing banging sounds, footsteps, and the slamming of doors. Wow. Some guests have even claimed to witness the door to the dungeon closing and opening suddenly, even though no one is there, while others have claimed to spot ghostly shadows projected onto the walls of the staircases. And Ghost Hunters International Season 2 Episode 4 actually went to Moosum Castle a few years ago and filmed themselves walking around and talking to the current owner. Mm -hmm. So I'd like to show you some clips from that episode now and hear your thoughts on it, Natalia. So if you can pull that up for me, Kayla, let's take a look. Uh, Two horses were going into both directions. You were sort of cut off in the middle, yeah? And you can see here, for example, this was this for the, the legs room. here, yeah? And here were the hands inside. I was in a torture chamber with the school class, and I was standing next to the torture tools when I suddenly realized I could feel human fingers in my hair. I turned around, and no one was there. So now we are in the hallway before the waiting room. I don't like to go into this room. This is a room where the people knew they would die. There's a hole in the floor. And they were falling down to the judging room. Of course, they were injured already. And then they had to go to the torture room. All right. Do you mind if we investigate in the waiting room? As long as I don't have to go in there. Fair enough. All right. Shall we head on? Yes, no problem. So this is the room of Tony. He was living in the 18th century, and he was responsible to imprison people. Whatever uh, happened to Tony? He died, and because of his age, died very painful. And I had somebody uh, from a tour here, and he said um, that he could see Tony sitting here in the corner, and he was talking to him. Okay, all right, I'll follow you on. This is the hunting room, and I don't like this room because the room has a bad energy. For example, I went with my father in the morning to open the museum, and he discovered actually that the guns you can see here on this rack they were upside down, so they're hanging in a different way. Everything was locked. Nobody could have been inside, yeah? And nothing in the system? Had... No, nothing, yeah. All right, shall we head on? Yes. So, so now that we're at is the, end the clip of the I tour. wanted to show you. And it would and be that great if you could help me to find something wow. with the your last thing I want to do before I ask Feel you free to investigate whatever you like. Go back All right. to the PowerPoint and show my sources on screen. Mm. I will say them in post because we're running out of time. But Kayla, if you could just flip through them while Natalia is giving her closing thoughts, that would be great. And actually, I have a couple of photos. I lied. If you can just go through these photos quickly. So there's a cemetery on Musum Castle's grounds. Here's some mm. of the headstones. They're very old and decrepit. If you go to the next slide, it shows the torture room, and here's some of the torture tools that were actually used wow. during that time. They're still preserved as artifacts. Oh my and goodness. now, if you can go forward, Kayla, to my sources for this episode. These are all of my sources showing up on screen right now. There's three slides. To Nancy Drew, PC. <laughs> yeah, Midnight in Salem. Um, and you guys are more than welcome to click through these, read for yourself, Um And I will say them in post because we're running out of time. But Natalia, what do you think of this fucking episode? That's a lot to process. I mean, anything involving children, especially little boys, is like very hard for me to process and and hear and deal with just because I like have a baby boy right now. And I just can't imagine putting him in harm's way. And I can't imagine like hurting another child. And, you know, I don't understand how people who have families of their own could do that yeah 
I mean, I guess it's just a different education. It's a different time. Like maybe in that time you're brought up and and you don't know any better because you're just taught that everyone's against you and there's evil forces and there's good forces and there are people who are evil. And so if you really buy into this witchcraft bullshit, you're like, oh, well, if this is really like the demon's child, you know? Yeah. Well, I think with like religion in general, it can be used for good or it can be used for evil, right? Yeah. So if you are like a religious fanatic that takes the Bible extremely literally, literally or whatever the religion is, but in this case, we're talking about the Roman Catholic right. um, regime or whatever yeah. you want to call it. And if you're taking everything literally, then some stuff in the Bible is pretty crazy. And you're like, okay, if this person's a witch or if this person has this herb or a broomstick in their home, then they're a witch. And my religion says I need to execute that person immediately because they're a threat to like my God. You know what I mean? So it's pretty fucking wild. But like the justification that people have done in the past and continue to do today in certain countries and certain situations like. But yeah, this episode is very haunted. Very haunted. I especially like the part about the executioner getting taken to hell in that carriage and yeah. all of the souls of the people who he had killed are like, hey, yeah, we're going to fuck you up. And then he's Unless like, no, I'd rather go with the devil. Yeah, I'd rather take my chances with yeah. the devil himself. And also, if you guys watch that uh, Ghost Hunters International episode, um, take it with a grain of salt because I noticed they were saying a lot of stuff that like directly contradicted what like encyclopedia.com said which i would think is a very credible source right. like they were saying oh well, all these women came here and were murdered and like yeah there were some women that got murdered but it was mostly men and children so i'm just wondering like maybe they were playing it up for the camera right. or, or like maybe they just didn't research maybe they didn't research yeah they're like we're fucking ghost hunters international we don't have to yeah. research <laughs> i'm a fucking ghost hunter yeah i don't read exactly yeah i make fucking 50 grand an episode i don't know how much they make but i don't know wow yeah they're haunted for sure super haunted yeah Yeah. what was the most haunted part of this episode for you like was it the werewolves the witches or the wars um definitely the witches because it's just so much torture right and unjust torture and it seems like there's really no way to get out of it which is why i said like once you're accused of being a witch maybe the only thing you can do is scare everyone around you and be like you know what i'm a witch and if you torture me i'm gonna come to you and accuse your you know or why don't you just be like oh i i did conspire with the devil and you know who it was it was your wife yeah or it was you yeah it was you. Yeah, it was the executioner. He's yeah. my right-hand man, right. my torturer. And that's why he's, like, yeah. trying to get me out of the picture. Yeah. Take off his shirt. You'll see a belly button. I put that there. Yeah. <laughs> You'll see a birthmark, and it's the sign of the devil. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Great episode. Thank you. Really good. Lots of things about here. And uh, very Halloween-themed because yes. they this castle does Halloween tours. Um. They do all kinds of stuff. So if you guys live in the area, go check it out and send us pictures. Yeah. And we got to see a crumbling trap door in a castle. That's right. I told you. Nice. Yeah. Wow. I'm going to put my sunglasses on for us. Natalia, do you want to do the sign off? Yes. I will sign off. Um, BRB, I'm going to go tell the person who accused me of being a witch that I put a spell on their dick to make it tiny and inverted. (laughs) (laughs) Bye. Bye.